This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. It was that moment where I realized that um, normal people like us can buy multifamily apartments. I thought it was REITs and billionaires that were buying multifamily and uh, not the case. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's going on, everyone? This is Jonathan Farber, your host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. I hope you're all well and healthy. For any first-time listeners, thanks for being here. The goal of this show is to explore ways to become financially free through real estate or to increase passive cash flow through real estate. A little background on myself, I work in corporate America at a software company and my side hustle is real estate. I currently own eight rental units and looking to add more this spring. I have house hacked, bird, flipped, and done short-term rentals to name a few strategies. My current focus is 20 to 30 unit apartment buildings in Ohio and Kentucky. I love to network and learn. So if you'd like to connect further, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or BiggerPockets. Let's get to today's show sponsor. After building my own portfolio, speaking with over 100 investors on this podcast and many more from the Facebook group, I've noticed a few common themes of why people don't get started or remain successful in real estate. They don't have the right team. They aren't sure of their market or they don't know where to find deals. The people at Martel Turnkey are fixing this. That's why they offer fully turnkey properties in markets where the numbers actually make sense. What does this mean? It means they buy properties at a discount, fix them up, put a tenant in place, and oh yeah, I give you options for property management or financing. They have people on the ground in cities where you can still cash flow and see appreciation every single month. I'll say it as simply as this. When you have the right team and systems in place, there's no reason not to get started. If you like a property or have any questions, you can schedule a phone call by clicking on the link below or going on their website and clicking on the contact tab to set up a call. There is no hard sell, push, or commitment needed. The call will be there to answer any questions you have or to see if or how their products might be a good fit for you and what you're looking for. So visit martelturnkey.com and click contact or send an email to info at martelturnkey.com today. What's going on, guys? Today, we have an awesome episode with Eric Upchurch. Eric is based in Southern California. He has, at this point now, through multifamily syndication, 571 doors in year one of his investment business. He has helped hundreds of military vets start their investment process and using real estate investment has found a way to build homes for homeless veterans. His start in real estate came through the VA loan program where he bought three homes with basically nothing down, very similar to the strategy of an FHA loan, which we talk a lot about on this podcast and other podcasts, but ways to acquire property with very little money down, fix them up or get some natural appreciation based on a market that you're in and sell the property or refinance the property a couple of years later and get a lot of your cash out. So that's how he got started, snowballed that into a lot of other businesses and things that he was doing, and then got connected with a lot of other investors doing multifamily and then made a lot of investments in himself, which we talked about in the episode today. So that kind of ties into today's main learning, which is networking. He is what he classifies, and I would as well, a super networker where he is constantly meeting people. He's doing little uh, fun things for people, gifting things, or just subtle touches to improve relationships with people and make sure that they keep him in mind, and then he can partner with them 
and really just keep doors open for all sorts of businesses. So that's how he got started in multifamily. And that's how he found his mentor and his coach and all these other things. And now he's spawning off into do for other parts of his business, but he gives a lot of tips around that. And really that was my main takeaway from the episode is how important networking is and how important it is to have the right people around you at all times. Doesn't matter what part of the business you're in. Today's tangible tip is what Eric talks about a lot in the show is how to bring value to mentors. So one of the ways that he talks about it, and this is a great tangible tip is I say this a lot of times to have two ears, one mouth on every networking call you're on with someone that's, let's say further ahead of you that you're trying to pick their brain, quote unquote. And naturally, if you let them talk and you ask them open-ended questions around challenges and problems they're having, they will tell you exactly what they need help with. Sometimes when you try to pin them down and say, will you be my mentor? Or what do you need help with that I can help with? People get a little defensive and kind of don't want to be tied to something. But if you just casually ask, what are you working on? What are some of your challenges? Where are you growing the business to? Or maybe then back it into how can I help or what do you need help with? You'll get answers. And if you just start doing those things, you'll be amazed how easily you can get around these people and find a mentor. And that's exactly how Eric did it. And that's exactly how I've done it. So anyone can do that. If you just start making connections with people, get on the phone and then ask those types of open-ended questions, you will find mentors and you'll find people that you can call on when you need help. So with that guys, great episode today. Let's get to it with Eric Upchurch. All right, Eric, what is going on, man? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. Excited to dig into your story. And uh, we got a lot of layers to peel back and uh, unpack. You're doing a lot of cool stuff with a lot of your veteran groups, a lot of your actual physical assets yourself, a lot of branding stuff. So let's try to try to dig in and, and get started. So take us back to the beginning. Um, like most good stories have to start with uh, the entry point. So from a high level, can you give us a rundown on how you got into real estate and uh, yep. then maybe take us through a little bit of the progression, also high level of where it's brought you to today? Yeah, sure. Um, an Iowa kid, uh, graduated early from high school with a buddy of mine, moved out to California, ended up going to college, uh, which was not the plan at the time, but went to college and um, enlisted in the military after college. And I could have gone the officer route. Most people do after getting their bachelor's degree. I chose to be enlisted so that I could pay off all of my college debt. It paid off all, you know, uh, all outstanding debt. And, um, and then I got to influence uh, younger guys. I was 24 when I enlisted and, um, and got to go and, you know, obviously um, work on the lives of the 18 year old guys who were just, just getting in. So I, I had a passion for that. I'd always been a team leader and, and um, you know, managing people since I was 12 years old working in the cornfields of Iowa. So fast forward, here I am in the military. Um, I realized that I have, uh, you know, an obligation to support my family. Whoa, surprise. Um, <laughs> I was uh, married and or still am same same wife and um we i was deployed in iraq and we ended up buying our first home in savannah georgia with the va loan va loan is one of the best products on the planet and some of the best people on the planet have access to it which are our uh, service members um so we bought our first house um with zero down and rolled in the closing costs and the um, builders, new construction, the builder played, paid all the closing costs. So I literally bought this house with zero down. down. Um, and that was kind of, so we lived in that house for four years and then I got out of the military and we rented it out for another several years after that. And I was cash flowing like 80 bucks a month or something. And that's, I barely call that cash flow now on a, on a single family property, but still it was paying the bills. And I was like, man, so we moved back to California. I'm like, looking at that thing over 3000 miles away. And I'm like, 
okay, someone's managing it. It's making, it's paying its own bills. Let's, let's just say that it's not really making money. Cause every time the, the air conditioner thermostat goes out, you know, several months of, of cash flow are, are depleted. Right. But, um, but it was a learning experience. And I realized that, man, there's something to this real estate thing. So I started going to conferences in the San Francisco Bay area where I lived paid for coaching, like hook, line and sinker, the whole, Hey, 90 minute, uh, free seminar, pay $2,000 to go to the next level, which is the three day boot camp, then pay 25,000 for the next level of advanced training and how to flip houses in the Bay area. So anyway, all of that to say, like, that's where I, I went from just kind of thinking about, Hmm, how could I do this to Holy cow? I'm, I'm in an advanced real estate training program at the same time. I'm listening to bigger pockets. I'm reading all these awesome books. I'm, I'm focusing on mindset stuff as well. Um, and all the while going, well, how do I do this? I, I don't feel like I can flip houses in the San Francisco Bay area. When, but just to give you a time frame on this, this is like 2012, 2000, 2012 to 2014. And I'm going like, these people in the Bay area are paying $1.7 million for a house that was listed at a million dollars that it has fire damage. <laughs> so, you know, like a little 1100 square foot bungalow too. So, um, so I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of crazy. That's not really, it's not me. I, you'd have to be super experienced and have tons of money to do that or whatever. So and that was a little bit of a limiting belief, but that's where I was getting started. Um, so I looked around and situational awareness is one thing I learned in the military. Well, if I looked at my situation and realized that, well, I bought a house that I live in for $500,000. It was the cheapest house we could find in the South Bay area at the time. And it had appreciated on its own to what we sold it for six ninety two years later. So I'm going, wait a minute, I put zero down on this property and now I just like made $190,000 just poofed out of nowhere. How did that happen? So then we did this two more times in the Bay Area, all while toting our kids around as well. So live in flipping um, in the Bay Area in nice neighborhoods, but we found properties that were had some kind of desirable um, quality, either one was on the beach or two blocks from the beach. One was in a, a really nice neighborhood in the East Bay, close to a school, walking distance to a school. And so we were just kind of intentionally capitalizing on the live-in flip to build capital. And so um, if you're out there listening, going like, how do I get started? I would urge you to just look at your situation. What can you do right now? Maybe you don't have the VA loan. That's fine. Mm. You can pool investors, pool money from your friends and family, but you got to get educated first. That was a ramble, but I'm going to, I'm going to do that every once in a while. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. I, I was going to say this at the end, but it is always refreshing talking to other people that have podcasts because it's just very, uh, even though that probably felt like ramble, very concise, like step-by-step. Step. So, uh, we'll talk about your podcast a little bit later, but thank you sure. for that. So a couple of things there, just as far as the up ramp that I want to dig into, why is a, for those that don't know, why is a VA loan so amazing? And also just on that note, because uh, I'd say most of our audience is not military based, some are, but uh, what other loans are in this category that they may want to consider if they're, if they're not? So the two questions were, why is VA loan so amazing? And then the other question was, if they don't um, qualify for those, what are some of the other loans in that category they can go for? Yeah. So you could do um, 
there's a, actually a USDA loan, uh, which sounds like an agricultural loan, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm no expert on, on these types of these products or anything. I just think things I've heard of um, with my experience. And um, if you live in a more rural setting or maybe on the outskirts of town, and this doesn't have literally does not have to be like you live in the boonies. You could just live in a spot in town where you could qualify for a USDA loan because it, some zoning things are, are happening there where you qualify. Maybe you have a, maybe you're living on a well or something like that. Um, so uh, USDA, there's FHA loan um, where you just, you basically you're paying, I don't know, I think it's three and a half percent instead of 20% down, which you normally have to come up with to buy your primary residence. Um, you can, you can put quite a bit less down and that's huge. It, and, and I know people who have used the FHA loan, put quite a bit less down, a couple thousand bucks down on a property and they live in it, but they're house hacking it. They're, they're paying their bills, even with the uh, PMI. So if you don't pay 20% down, you're going to have to pay primary mortgage insurance PMI. And that's just, uh, that's wasted money. It sucks. Mm -hmm. But it, at the same time, it gets you in the property, right? And if you analyze it correctly as a potential future investment property, then good. You just count, just factor that PMI into your numbers and you can still make it work. Totally. Um, so that's a, that's a great way to do it. And so the power of the VA loan is that you can put zero down with no PMI on up to a four unit. So imagine a, and so what, this is what we're teaching and our, our book um, teaches this. Uh, it's an owner-occupied loan, so you must live in it. Uh, the VA, VA guidelines uh, say you, you have to have the intent to occupy within within 60 days. So you move into one unit of a fourplex, and just paint a picture for you, and you put zero down. Um, you can negotiate closing costs. Otherwise, that might have to come out of uh, pocket, but um, but uh, you don't owe any, any down payment. So zero down on a fourplex. It's cash flowing because you've got three tenants paying your mortgage down and probably you're actually cash flowing quite well on that as well. And, or maybe the cash flow that you're making is you living free and you're collecting your basic allowance for housing and things like that. So, uh, which is the military stipend for housing. Mm -hmm. So, so imagine that. And then every, say you move two years to your next duty station as a military member and you can refinance that or sell it, but you could re potentially refinance that property and move to another actually now you can just move to your next duty station because the VA um, limits were removed. Uh, the caps were removed and you can buy another fourplex or single family or duplex or whatever it is. So a lot of people are able to do that um, with zero out of pocket. It's insane. And you know, it's a great product. It's a great benefit that uh, our veterans earn. Okay. Awesome. You mentioned with some of the properties that you had some natural appreciation, but also that you did some repairs to force some appreciation. So just for, for maybe some people that are wondering, since you got into the properties with no money down, um, did you just save up cash and do the repairs with your own funds? Did you do anything creative to get the funds to do the re the rehabs or repairs? So I, I did what Gary V. No, I'm just saying, have you heard Gary V say, uh, if you don't have any money, go get free stuff on Craigslist and start selling it and building up or whatever. So yeah, it's funny. So here's what I did. I, um, we bought that first house as a, we were not considering it a place to live. Uh, I mean, a place to, um, uh, an investment property. It was just a place to live and it was a nice place. Um, and it was in a great neighborhood, walkable to schools and stuff. And so it did appreciate very well. It needed no work though. Um, and so as we saw that, that, 
appreciation happen and appreciation is not going to happen for everybody in every market. I mean, I own properties in the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. I know how slow it is for, for homes to appreciate there unless you force it. So market appreciation is what we're talking about here. And I just happened to fall into the Bay area when how homes were appreciating quickly. So that's where my capital came from that $190,000 Delta in that two years. And since I lived there two years, um, I didn't owe any uh, capital gains tax when mm -hmm. we sold. So I took that capital. And when we moved to a little town called Capitola in, Cal in California, it's kind of near Santa Cruz um, and, and in the Monterey Bay area, uh, Monterey Bay. So at that point, we took some of that cash. And here's the interesting thing about networking, which I, I hope we talk about here in a little bit. But at that event, I'm going to rewind to that event that I went to in the Bay Area um, when I was first starting out. I met a contractor who now is a friend of mine. And through that relationship alone, he, he and his team did the work. He did takeoffs on all the materials I would need to renovate this new beach, this beach house, this two blocks from the beach type of house. We knew that this four bedroom, two bathroom house needed a little bit of a lift up. We bought it for 905. We put about 50 grand into it of our own money that we made from the last a market appreciation house. Otherwise we wouldn't have had that. I was making, you know, $45,000 a year as a staff sergeant in the army. I was, I didn't have, you know, we didn't have any debt, but we didn't have a ton of savings either at the time. Mm -hmm. So that, so we used some of that from that first live in flip to renovate this other one. And so we bought it for 905 and sold it for 1.158 in nine months. And we, again, wow. this is a property that I was living in with my wife, my two boys, and we had intended to stay there, but because we had that awareness of what we just did, we, uh, you know, we were networking with real estate agents and some other stuff in the neighborhood. We were looking around and realized that our neighbors were retirees from like up in grass Valley, like another part of California. And they wanted to come down by the beach. <clears throat> and so we're going wait, everyone around us is a generation older than us. And we just converted this four bedroom house into a three bedroom. We expanded the master bedroom and the master bathroom uh, by collapsing one centrally located bedroom. Mm -hmm. but, so because we were aware of what we were doing, we're able to um, increase the value by a quarter million dollars in nine months. Wow. So, um, so I ended up selling that one and moving on to the next one. Got it. Okay. So that, that answers it, but that was, the, that was the forced appreciation guys. So yeah, right, long, right. long way of saying that the other one was market. And then the third property we did was a combination of both market appreciation and a little bit of forced appreciation. I stay in the driveway and I do a lot of the work myself too, because I'm, I'm handy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, we replaced the pool equipment, new garage doors, spruced it up, you know, new countertops and just, and that was pretty much it put like 30 grand into the third one and, and, uh, and sold that one. I actually, at that point, I wised up, got my real estate license in California and I double ended that sale. I found a, I sold it myself, but I found a, a buyer who was not represented and, um, ended up saving $70,000 in, uh, commissions. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's just really cool. So, so one thing I guess I want to make sure we splice into this is people. So when I think yeah. of people, I think of it from the standpoint of how it relates to your story of it sounds like coaching mentors, but also just general networking. So for most people that I see tend to really progress their business and careers, it's about people. It, you can read the books, podcasts, but the people that get around the right people, mentors, coaches, 
uh, tend to do the best or change your trajectory the fastest. But I also find that most people uh, either don't want to pay for coaching or mentorship, or they just don't see the value in that. So they don't go out to build those relationships. So can you talk about how it's a little bit of a loaded question, but how let's say coaching or people that you met through coaching or masterminds or just networking really helped uh, change the course of your, let's say investment or business trajectory? It is a hundred percent about networking. It's about people. You guys, if you're listening to this and wondering how to get started, it's about the people. So there are tons of, of different, um, ways that you can get involved. And if you're out there right now, um, chances are some of you are highly analytical and don't, and won't, and don't see the value in coaching. That's a mistake. I'm telling you right now. Um, it's, it's a mistake to think that because the truth is that they are valuable if you find the right community. Um, but also, um, you analytical people, highly analytical people who think, well, the information's out there. It's free. I can go do it on my own. You won't. I just have to say, the chances of you, well, you could do it long-term for sure. Anybody can do it long-term, but if you want to accelerate the process, find people, find and network with people because those are the people that are going to, that's the avenue to a, a faster paced success. Okay. So um, I'll give you my success formula if that's okay. If we dive into that real quick, cause it's Let's relative it. to, to, to this. So here's what you do. Learn all you can. You must learn the language of real estate investing if you want to be successful. You have to know how to talk to brokers, how to talk to property managers, how to talk to contractors. You learn that through through education, right? Through podcasts and books, podcasts like this one and, and uh, books and just constantly absorbing things, right? So you're a constant learner. You must grow. So learn is number one. Network your butt off. There are tons of ways to network. If you're not the, if you're not the strongest with networking, push yourself and work on it but also surround yourself by people who are good at it. Cause those are going to be people that need to be on your team. You mm. don't have to be great at networking, but you must be close to somebody that you're adding value to that is a good networker, or you won't be able to, to move forward. Um, um, well, so that dovetails perfectly into the third piece, which is add value. I just said you, a lot of people will reach out and say, Hey, I'm looking for a mentor. That's not how you do it guys. The way you find a mentor or a, you can pay for a coach, but you find a mentor through adding value to them. So hop on a call with somebody or meet them for coffee and people will innately, humans will innately tell you about what their pain points are. And when they do, you find a way, figure out a way. It could be something simple like somebody, this is a crazy example maybe, but somebody, you might have coffee with somebody and they're complaining about bad weather. It doesn't matter what it is. So just as a fun little thing, mail them an umbrella in the mail, some little compact, cheesy little umbrella with your logo on it or something, get it, you know, get it custom done or something. Those types of things are how you add value to other people, get creative. You are unique and you can figure out a way to solve other people's problems if you listen. So add value. That is, that is the third critical piece. You must add value to other people's teams. Now the fourth piece is the most critical action. You have to take action, massive, decisive action every day. If you do those four things, so I'll, I'll summarize, it's learn, network, add value, take action. If you do those four things daily with the intention to be just 1% better, success will hunt you down. You can't hide from success if you do those things consistently. Hmm. 
where do you think most people go wrong with that or um, don't take the right steps or don't uh, take any e step? It's either, it's either piecing those things together. A lot of people, including uh, some of my partners, um, were just learning. All they were doing was learning. Learn, 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 learn. Okay, well, you're missing the, um, the piece where you need to take action. That's mm. where the analytical folks out there will, will be like, well, I'm on my computer. I know how to underwrite this multifamily deal. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, but you don't have a team. You're not out there writing LOIs, submitting offers on, on deals. So you're not going to go anywhere. You, you can learn all of these things, but until you act, um, you know, nothing is going to actually happen. Mm. And so <clears throat> you really do need to do all four of those things in order to build a business. So let's call it this, build the life of your dreams. That's what we're all after, right? Everyone listening to this deserves the, the life of their dreams and they can get it. They just have to apply these principles and go after it. So good. Let's, let's come up to speed a little bit from the early properties to now working on much bigger properties and growing community. So just from a high level, can you take us up to speed some of the steps or progression from the first couple of deals you did with the VA loans and forcing some of that appreciation to now where you're at and how you got there? Yeah. So that was the capital building phase. Um, we were able to kind of see some, you know, the fruits of our labor moving around nine times in eight years, uh, with our, with our kids and stuff. And, um, so now we're sitting on cash, like more cash than I ever thought I would have in my lifetime. Right. Which isn't millions, but it's still like, Holy cow. How did that happen? You know, you're kind of all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, wait, what just, what happened? So capital building phase is over now. What now I'm going, okay, there's gotta be something else. And guess what? I was networking. At the time, I would I had just um, uh, co-founded Active Duty Passive Income with uh, with our, our my partner CEO Mark Young Sitch. At the time, <clears throat> we started it. He goes, Eric, hey, uh, there's this conference down in LA, and I can't make it. It's a multifamily conference. Uh, are you willing to go check it out? And I was like, Yeah, sure, I'll go check it out. So I went down. It was a free. He gave me his ticket, and um, I was kind of just representing our new young company, you know, and stuff, and. Um, so it was, it was that moment where I realized that, um, normal people like us can buy multifamily apartments. I thought it was REITs and billionaires that were buying multifamily and, uh, not the case. Regular people like me, uh, wearing sweatshirts are buying, <laughs> are buying multifamily guys. You just have to do those things in order to, in order to do it. It's not, it's not rocket science. Believe me, it is not rocket science. Um, and so uh, just prior to that, a couple of months prior to going to that conference, I had reached out to a college buddy of mine, again, networking. Um, my wife and I were talking about how do we take a next step or something. And, and uh, I realized that my college buddy, her gymnastics teammate in college, had, was syndicating apartments. Just coincidentally, he was syndicating apartments. And um, so I reached out to him and I met with him in his office in Tarzana and uh, he was like, Eric, here's an example for you. If you would have invested $100,000 five years ago with me, we just closed out this deal. Um, I would have paid you back $290,000 over the five-year period. And that was a home run deal. You're good if you 2X. I mean, imagine turning 100 grand into 200 grand without any work mm. um, over five-year period. I'll take that. That's great. And so he said 290 and I was like, okay, well, either way, that's amazing. Let me write a check right now. Let me get in that next deal. Um, and I did, I wrote a check 
and we're about to go full cycle on a 439 pad mobile home park portfolio right now. And uh, it's been, it was a 7% return annually, uh, annualized and plus a 70, 30 upside split. Um, and so, and we can talk about that, but um, I'm about to double my investment in three years on mm. that property or just under doubling it in three years. So um, when that sells, so that, that was when I was a first, I was first time I was a limited partner, a passive investor in a deal. And I was like, man, if I had $5 million right now at a 7% return, I could live off of 300 grand a year. No problem. Right. I mean, that's, that'd be pretty sweet for sure. Most people. So, could. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, then I started like going, okay, could I do that? Could I also do this? And he, the guy who I invested with, who was encouraging me to, and he was like, yeah, you just have to learn, you know, the nuts and bolts of it. So, um, so that was next step. And then, you know, I, I did end up joining a, uh, his coaching program. Uh, a few months later, I went to the next event that he held and, uh, he's Rod Cleaves, his name He's uh, one, he's my mentor and friend at now. And, uh, this was about two years ago only, um, a little over two years ago. And so I joined his coaching program and the networking there was insane. Within nine months, uh, we had closed, I had closed with partners because I was adding value uh, to people. I had, we closed a 212 unit. Shortly after that, we closed a 208 unit. Then we started closing our own deals with my team at, at uh, ADPI, Active Duty Passive Income. Um, so we then we closed an 80 unit and a 71 pad mobile home park on our own. Wow. That is, I just want to dig into one part there specifically. You said through partners in Rod's group, you were able to bring value to them. Uh, any specific examples or, or ways that you thought about planning that so that it just yeah. wasn't happenstance? Yeah. Uh, the way you do it guys, it's be present, be consistent, have a good attitude. All I did was I was consistently doing Facebook lives in the, in the coaching program, Facebook group. And I encourage, we encourage people all the time in our coaching programs to do the same thing. That's how people know who you are. That's how people are going to know whether they like your attitude or don't like your attitude or whether they think they could work with you in an office setting or not, or whether they think you're going to be a pain in the butt or you're going to be an awesome partner to work with. And so I would just go on and say for one minute, say who I am, what I'm all about, what, what action I'm taking this day, what my challenges are. Hey, I got a question for the group. Guess what just happened? Here's some progress that just, just came about. What can you help me with here? And so those types of interaction were so consistent that someone reached out and said, Hey, would you like to join us on this deal? You can look through the underwriting. You can join us out at the property for due diligence. You can raise some capital and, um, and you can work on investor investor relations for us. And if you say yes to that and you can achieve those things, um, then, then you'll be part of this deal as a general partner. And I was, my first answer is yes. You know, and then from there, I, I was like, what do I do? Oh my gosh. I, I kind of had that, that fright moment of like, what is, what did I just say yes to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know anybody who has money to invest. How am I going to find, you know, how am I going to find people with 50 to a hundred thousand dollars to invest? But guarantee if you're listening to this and you check through your phone, a lot of those people's people in your phone have money or have uncles that have money or whatever, mm. but people won't know that you're seeking investments from people that you know, unless you tell them you have to go out there and be present and tell people what you are looking for. And when you do that consistently, 
it, people will come out of the woodwork and you'll start in, you know, building an investor database. And these are all things that I learned just through, you know, taking action and, and that, uh, you know, listening to what my mentor has to say. Yeah. I feel like we, there's so many things we could jump into, but just mm -hmm. that's the last point you made. And it's such a hot button topic for so many people that I don't think is necessarily a relevant step for most people, because I, I tell most people that are looking to get started, you really do not have to worry about raising capital because you're looking to house hack or you yeah. have money to do, do the deal yourself, or you have a, a parent or someone that can give you private money and at an interest rate debt or, or uh, uh, let's say equity. But for the people that do want to know how they can get started raising capital, because people want to know that stuff, what, I mean, you touched on some of the things, building a database and relationships, but did you, can you maybe take us back to how you did it at the beginning? You know, how you started yeah. having those conversations, uh, were you just texting people and say, Hey, I just started doing this. Were you putting out more on social media and people coming to you? Like what was, what was the actual process for you to start raising capital? Yeah. So it goes back to those four pillars, right? You need to learn enough to speak the language, right? Then you can go and do the networking piece. You can start to tell people what you do. And literally I will, if somebody at like the, the guy who works at the Chevron gas station next to me down here, he knows that I'm a real estate investor. So why? Well, come to find out after talking to him for a couple of months, he owns seven Chevron gas stations locally. You never know. So learn enough to, to be able to speak about it and then go tell people like there's a spot in every conversation to slide in what you're interested in about, mm. um, interested in. So, um, so, and, and you can do that in a tactful way. Um, when someone asks what you do, I mean, that's a common thing for getting acquainted with somebody. You just say, oh yeah, we provide great returns to our investors and we're always looking for new investors. If you know anybody who's interested in something like that, an opportunity could come up soon. Um, love to love to chat about it. So just something casual. You don't have to have a canned answer for anything. It could just be a flowing conversation. But so you just, you, you, you learn, you talk to people about what you want and that, that add value piece when you're getting started you really, um, you can do the research on a market. Say you're interested in Bozeman, Montana. I don't know why I thought of that one, but do the research on that, on that market and, um, and, and provide, whether it's through your Facebook group or you have, you do a meetup yourself or your family Zoom call or whatever it is, do market research on that and add value to people by telling them what a great market it is to invest in and show them the numbers, build a sample deal packet. And mm -hmm. so that, that's the value you're providing. If you provide consistently like five revolving pieces of content for people that they can count on, you know, you're building that email list, you're sending it to friends and family at first, and then you say, hey, share this to, to your, your friends. And eventually you'll start to build a database of people who are kind of counting on your information um, to, to get the next, you know, the next piece of content. And most people will delete your emails. I mean, I still do that too, right? It's like, I don't need that one today, but there are people who read those, believe it or not. There's a small percentage of people who read your emails or who look at your Facebook posts and go, man, this guy's really putting out some, some valuable content. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are some real tangible things that you can do to get started. It, it, it comes down, it boils down to presence. Mm -hmm. Um, you really need to show up and, and, uh, and add that value. Yeah. It's just, and the other thing guys that I would say to anyone out there wondering about how to start warming people up or getting awareness out of the conversation for quote unquote, raising capital. I used to look at it 
so differently. I would think about it like from this total standstill, cold process, cold calling my network and asking them for a hundred thousand dollars. And if you do think about it that way, yeah, it's, it's scary. It's cold sweats. Like that is a brutal concept, but it is not like that. It is about warming people up, adding value through a lot of the ways that Eric talked about creating content educating people, having conversations, having a good answer to when people ask you what you do and then letting them sell themselves and actually put themselves down that path. Um, All those things can make it so much more of a warmer process and less scary process. But if you're not doing those things, yeah, it seems uphill and just seems like why get started because I don't want to make cold calls. Well, let me just tell everyone a secret here. I don't think anyone likes making cold calls to people and asking friends and family for money. It's just an uncomfortable, that's a weird thing to do. Like, who wants to do that? So it just, it's such a great point, Eric. And, and I think having that mindset shift that, you know, you've had through so many experiences in coaching and teaching um, is what most people need to get to. And just talking to you now, like your way of speaking about it, it's, it's interesting. It's entertaining. It's not salesy the way that I think that I think most people need to be with it. So it's just, I'm really appreciative. You made that point. Um, just winding down here. I want to go to one place that I think a lot of people are back and forth with right now of uh, having goals, which I think is a great thing, but their goals changing. You know, a lot of people in our group are are looking to become financially free. They they want fire. They want to leave their job, or they maybe just want security that something can be taken away from them. So their main goal is financial freedom. And then the cool part is seeing people actually get to financial freedom. You know, like I remember when I first realized I was at stage one financial freedom, and it was cool. And then I realized, well what now? Like what actually gets me excited or what kind of keeps me going? Because then I realized, you know, 24 hours in a day, I don't need to spend 10 hours, you know, working just because I think I have to, you know, I can, I, I need to level that up. So for you, I'm curious, like at the beginning, were your goals around a specific number that you wanted to get to passively or a cash flow number? And then I guess just the second part of that question is what keeps you going now? What are your drivers today? Since I assume uh, you've passed financial freedom at, at even, you know, the higher levels a long time ago. So that just the two questions were, what were some of your entry-level goals that you, you know, wanted to check the box of? And now today, what keeps you going and what are your drivers? Well, yeah, I'm glad you asked this question because my financial, my, my freedom number, my number, my mental freedom number will never come. I will never hit it. And that's not for me because my driving force, if you can see my vision boards in front of me right now, I've got a things uh, vision board, which is just, if you have a a vision board of the things that you want to buy, it's no longer in your head. You know, Mm. you don't, you're not, you're not, you're not bogged to me anyway. I'm not bogged down by thinking of, Oh, I'd love to have that 1958 Volkswagen bus or whatever, you know, put it on paper. Great. Okay. It's out of my head. Mm. Gratitude. You got to have gratitude. I've got this big vision board of gratitude in front of me, friends, kids, wife, family, um, and some quotes, my ideal day is written out by the numbers. Mm. Um, and then, um, my identity statement is on there. So I am a passionate influencer who, you know, all this stuff I am, I am, I am statements and then accomplishments and goals, things that just give you that kick of, of, uh, of adrenaline when you need it. Um, but the goals part, so the goals is what drives me. It's not my personal financial freedom number. My what's driving me. Um, so here's my, my deep rooted why, if you really want to succeed, if you really want to take it to the next level and with consistency and longevity, you must have a deep rooted why mine is not financial freedom. I serve with a memory and pride. Those who've gone before me for they love to fight, fought to win and would rather die than quit. So I, I do these things, um, 
for my brothers and sisters in arms who I buried physically. Um, and for those who can no longer feel pain, for those who can no longer experience the struggles of being an entrepreneur. Um, I do these things also because I know my mission is to end veteran homelessness this decade. Mm. Um, and we're doing it. We're doing it slowly. Um, we actually just donated a house to Veterans Community Project um, last month. And um, wow. I, a goal of mine is to donate a million dollars a year. And when I hit that, it'll be 10 million. So th those driving forces aren't, I'm secure with my, with my income. And actually, I still have a W-2 job. Why, why would I have a W-2? Because my mentor told me to keep my W-2 for security. Mm. Um, and so, and I, I've been with a company for 10 years. There's a lot of ands and I'm very flexible and I work from home and I can still do build my businesses and do real estate. So there are a lot of ands in there. If I was in an office and a cubicle, I would have left my job <laughs> quite a while ago. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy, uh, the people there. So anyway, mm -hmm. so, so having that, uh, that, that kind of higher calling in your, in the back of your head, that's the thing that's going to get you up and, and be more successful tomorrow is, man, I got to do this for those who can't. And there's, there's homeless veterans out there that don't deserve to be living in the cold in Kansas city and St. Louis and some of these, you know, freezing cold cities out there. So we're actively donating houses to, um, to charities and, um, we're, we're hoping to raise a million dollars for veterans community, uh, project in 2021. Wow. Okay. That is awesome. Um, that's just such a powerful why so much bigger than a monetary thing. So thank you yeah. for that. Um, before we get you out of here, can you talk a little bit about just some of the, the projects around things you're working on to help people get started? I know you have some content out and some training that uh, you're revamping. So can you just touch on that a little bit and, and what it's going to look like in 2020 and 2021? Yeah, we, we are the intersection of um, anyone who has served in the United States military and real estate investors. So military real estate uh, investing.com. We'll get you in our Facebook group. There's at the time of this recording, um, close to 15,000 members and, and growing by about a thousand members a month. And, wow. uh, we have consistently over 2000 people waiting to get in. So, um, but tons of value and content in there. And, uh, so that's kind of where we house the community, but, uh, we also have a multifamily, uh, military Academy and, uh, the military real estate investing Academy for single family, and then masterminds that correspond with those as well. Mm -hmm. Um, our, our book military house hacking is number one bestseller on Amazon. It's free on our website. People can download that. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, but if you're okay, reading on a Kindle, you can get it for free. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, just tons of resources. Our community spoke to us and said, thank you for creating content. Now we need financial services. So now we own a branch of um, the first ever 100% employee-owned stock option, ESOP, uh, employee stock ownership plan, ESOP um, uh, mortgage branch. So American mm -hmm. Mortgage Network is our, uh, um, our mortgage branch and our mortgage company. And so we're serving veterans and everyone actually, uh, but about 50% of our clientele are uh, veterans. That is and, awesome. Uh, and then an insurance company. Now we're working on a, <laughs> a whole life insurance, whole in term life insurance company um, and which will roll into other things. So we're just, we're really just, we've created a community first uh, before we even had a product. And then we built products around what our community demanded. 
how do you manage all this stuff? Like I'm talking like physical, yeah. like, are you, are you a digital uh, operations person, a planner? Do you have an assistant? Like you have no. a lot of projects no going on. No assistant. I mean, dude, post-it notes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we're, we're more organized than that, but we have an amazing team. Again, people who are working hard for our cause because they have a, a passionate heart for it. We're a three-year-old company. Uh, we have 23 ish people, um, mm. working in or on the business right now. And, um, it's, it's just an amazing thing to see. It started with just, um, three of us and, um, and then we started just adding team members and, and, um, <clears throat> so it's pretty amazing. Wow. Okay. That is awesome. A lot, lot of good people, a lot of good people. That's what, ha that's how it happens. That is awesome. Eric, there has been so much, uh, good content in this episode. I've been jotting down tons of notes throughout it. I'm sure our listeners are going to get a ton of value from it and just checking out your journey and story. And we'll link all the groups and things like that. But, uh, just if there's anything we didn't touch on is, uh, is what's the best way for people to, to follow you online or, uh, get in touch, check out your stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you my email address. It's Eric at active duty, passive .com, um, or at real Eric Upchurch. You can find me on Instagram or find me on Facebook. You'll see my face with my family there. All right. Awesome. Eric, I just want to personally say thank you for coming on the show. This was a blast. And thank you for what you do, not just in the real estate community, but as far as veterans and helping beginners get started. Uh, it's a noble cause, man. And your why really just sum that up. So it's refreshing. It's great to hear. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch in 20 and beyond. Yep. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, you millennial millionaire, do you want more? Then head to the Millennial Millionaires Through Real Estate Facebook group, where there are tons of step-by-step -step walkthroughs, tools, templates, and free networking to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate. And if you want Jonathan to help you personally reach your goals, then feel free to set up a one-on-one -on -one call in the link below or message him on any social media platform and apply to, well, work with Jonathan.